morning. You guys are doing well. Um, Charlie Brown, it's my wife, Carolyn, partner of crime. Um, it, this is our, our church home, and so um, great to see you guys. Great to be here again. We have an opportunity to kind of share. I spoke um, uh, a few weeks ago on prophecy in the marketplace, and one of the things that kind of added, so Christian has said that prophecy is, there's three elements to prophecy. Um, revelation, what God says. Interpretation, what does it mean? Application, what do I do about it? Parenthetical thought, this, this is free, what I'm about to give you. It's just an add-on. Anytime in the Bible it talks about wisdom, think application. That's always what it means. So there's the vision, and then there's the wisdom. So if you're in business, the, the uh, application or the wisdom are the strategic and tactical steps you get towards the vision. And so there's always the revelation, interpretation, application, and I kind of added 3A, timing. That there's timing. And guess which one we constantly screw up? Timing. I've had people say, I got this word, I jumped off the cliff, and I landed on my face. Yes. But I had a word. Yes. Maybe that wasn't the time to jump. Maybe God was going to build a bridge. Oh. And so how we wait on the Lord and apply these things is actually an element of maturity and growth. And one of the things that we love about Are we good? Thanks, bro. Can we make it lower pointing up? <laughs> and then just, how's that? Is that good? Good. We're good. We're good. And so one of the things we love about this church and about Christian and the way that he does things is in early on and when we were meeting with Christian, and we, it became like the epiphany of like, oh, I love this about him, is he doesn't try to resolve tension. Because there are certain tensions in our faith and in scripture that just exist. And there, there are tensions when we try to walk things out. And I've seen entire movements and churches, individuals try to not be comfortable with certain tensions, so resolve it one way or the other. And so I come from a tradition that says that the kingdom of God is now. It is here. Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. Yeah, he also said it's near. He also said it's coming. Well, how do those things all exist at the same time? I don't know. And when we're not comfortable with things, we resolve it one way or the other. And so there are entire denominations and, and schools of Christian thought that resolve that by saying the kingdom of God is all yet to come. Don't worry about this life. Don't worry about saving the planet. That was my own comment. Don't worry about this. Don't worry. About, it's all going to be in heaven. Let's just hang on for the rapture. Amen. Let's just not sin until the rapture. That's the overall message. Check. Other groups resolve that the other way which is the kingdom of God is always here, always now, and if you're not walking in that, you lack faith and it's your problem. Oh, that's kind of heavy. I understand Jesus to say, it's now and it's coming, both. 
I have sat with um, people who have, whether it's physical healing or prophecy, and have said, somebody literally, I have literally had this conversation, unfortunately, more than once. Somebody prophesied my sick baby would live, and they didn't. What do I do with that? What I would like, and they suggest to me, is we just throw out prophecy and healing because all it does is hurt. And I say, I can't do that. I can't do that. It's in the scripture. And what I th- as we're going through this series on the prophetic and on prophecy, uh, I'm so encouraged the way Christian tees it up because it, literally after... Um, I spoke, Carolyn and I went away to visit our daughter and our son-in-law, and I hope they are not watching this. Happy first anniversary, Candace and Henry. We actually, during COVID, we had our daughter get married. Uh, One son had a baby, and Michael, who's part of the congregation, got his master's. We have a very busy family during COVID. So today is Candace's, um, she and Henry's first anniversary, 7-11. And so, We visited them last week. We came back, and I had this feeling, and Christian said, can you preach last week? I said, no, I'm going to be out of town. How about this week? Great. He said, that works also. And I just had this sense from the Lord that we needed to unpack this whole issue of timing further. And so we were away. Michael picks us up at the airport, and blah, 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 blah. And I said, what happened to church on Sunday? And he said, Christian talked about timing. I go, that's very interesting. That's what I felt like the Lord put on my heart also. And then he said, and we got the world's best testimony ever from, was it Anthony who gave that testimony? Yeah. And note to self, if you ever have an opportunity to speak in public, don't ever follow Anthony. I'm like, thanks, bro. I'm following Anthony. He was awesome. But I felt like for us as a congregation, this issue of timing and understanding timing of the Lord is really crucial for us to become mature and not resolve tensions incorrectly one way or the other. I think that that it is great that we pursue the gifts and we pursue, as scripture says, we pursue prophecy. But I think at some point when we're honest and authentic and real and mature, people are going to say, why did this not happen Or why was this person not healed? Or why this? Because it contradicts, my reality contradicts what I see in Scripture. And the honest, mature response is, and I love how Christian tees us up to get to this, these three words. These three words are words of maturity. I don't know. I don't know. You feel that tension? Don't you want that resolved one way or the other? Wouldn't it be better and easier and simpler if we just constructed a theology that resolved those tensions one way or the other, as many people do? And I love how Christian says we are not going to resolve those tensions. We're going to live in them. So last week when he talked about um, uh, timing, he said we sit in the tension. We sit in the tension. I want to pick up from there. And I want to talk about the gap between getting a revelation that you know is from the Lord. Like, yep, I trust those people. I bear witness to it. And a third person even confirmed it. That time where you just know that you know that you know. And the gap between that and it coming to pass. 
And what do we do and how do we respond and what perspective do we have in that? Because that is by definition a tension that we hold. So this is, I just, I love the fact that we're doing this because it's what takes us to maturity. Amen? So that's what we're going to do today. Let's go ahead and pray just one more time. Lord, I ask specifically for us as a body that you would mature us, that you would get, Lord, we are, we are, as your word says, we're going after prophecy. We're going after the gifts. But we want to add to that maturity and perseverance and honesty. Lord, we will we'll get to that place where we don't know, but we worship you anyway. Lord, mature us in the gap. I pray that you would move today in Jesus' name, that you would show up with refreshment today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love that. So we're talking about the gap, and I use today the, the idea of gap. The gap is between the prophetic word that you have confidence in and its fulfillment. That's what I mean by gap, as we're talking about today. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. That we know that in that place of, I am hoping for something to happen and it hasn't happened, that after a while that can wear us down and literally you become ill from it. You begin to become discouraged. We know that you can actually have physical manifestations of this ill heart and this ill spirit. And so it can really start to wreak havoc on you because you're like, man, come on, Lord. Have you ever said that? Come on. Are you kidding me? Really? Because that person said that, and the years are getting on, and it hasn't happened yet, and I'm still waiting. Where are you? That's the, the condition of a sick heart. So I want to talk about three reasons or three perspectives for that gap. And one we talked about last week, I'm just going to hit on it very, very briefly. We have a gap because the gap is visible to us, but it's not visible to the Lord. A gap is visible to us, but not visible to the Lord. Again, we have two perspectives. The perspective is, it is not fulfilled, or it is fulfilled. And the Holy Spirit has a third perspective, which is, it's being fulfilled. You just don't know it. It's in process. Have you ever taken a, um, a bamboo stick and put it in a jar of water? And you look at the thing and you go, I am told these bamboo shoots grow like crazy. And they shoot up like a rocket. And you look at it and it begins to grow roots. And it doesn't go anywhere. And it grows more roots. And it doesn't go anywhere. And you can look at the top of this bamboo shoot and go, I was told that it shoots up like a rocket. And nothing's happening. But you see in the glass jar that it's growing roots and it's going deeper. Has, has it been fulfilled? Well, it's being fulfilled. It's in process of, of it happening. So, number one, I'm not going to hit on it because Christian hit on it last week. The gap, the gap between prophetic word and fulfillment is visible to us. It's not visible to the Lord because he sees what's going on. He sees what's going on. Number two. There's a gap because we have disengaged with the word given to us. There's a gap because we gave up, because we've disengaged and we've lost hope and our heart became sick. 
There are prophetic words spoken over a young pastor named Timothy. And his mentor, Paul, says to Timothy, Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy, when the body of elders laid their hand on you. He's saying, don't neglect this word that was given to you by mature people that we all know is true. You need to lean into those prophetic words and stay engaged with those, stay engaged with those prophetic words. He's saying that we have a responsibility that we can't neglect it. We can't disengage and say, well, if it's going to be, then it's going to be, and I have no responsibility with this, and I'm just going to give up, and all of a sudden I'm a Calvinist, and God, you're going to do what you're going to do, and I have no responsibility. No, that is never what Scripture says. What Scripture says is lean into the words that have been given to you, stay engaged with them, and wait for the Lord to move, wait expectantly for the Lord to move. And I think sometimes there is a gap that create, that's created in us be, because the gap extends because we've disengaged with it. I understand that the Lord has given many of you here great words of encouragement about who you are, about what's going to happen in your life, that, that great things are going to happen. And I know that life gets very busy, and we get very distracted with all kinds of billion things, like little kids, like work, like a million things. And it's hard to stay engaged with the word given, given to you. And so we get either distracted by the gnats of life. You know the gnats? They don't... Do they actually do harm? Not really. They just bug you. And we get these gnats in our face. And one of the great battles of our faith is to ignore the gnats. Is to ignore the gnats and stay focused on the word of the Lord and the face of the Lord and what the Lord's saying to you. What the Lord has said to you. Sometimes we get distracted by the gnats. Sometimes we get distracted by the giants. Genesis 15. God tells Abraham... You're going to get that land. It is reconfirmed throughout Scripture. It tells Jacob the same thing, on and on and on. The fact that that land belongs to the Israelites is part of their lore and part of their legacy. It is part of their identity. They get it. But wow, what setbacks they had to get there. So Moses comes along, used as the deliverer to take people out of Egypt they are now on their way to be free and to move into this generational promise, this generational prophetic word that they've been waiting for. Moses is told, speak to the rock. You guys, you're, everybody's thirsty. Speak to the rock. He doesn't speak to the rock. I won't get down this rabbit trail. He strikes the rock instead. And for our purposes today, what that did is he, just trust me, I don't want to go down this rabbit trail. He says, basically, that I'm not going to trust the Lord, that in my flesh I'm going to try to make it happen. And he strikes it, and it begins to create a crack of faith in the community because the leader didn't fully trust. And so it, it, you just see this little in the faith of the Israelites because of what Moses did. We know Moses didn't get in. The Lord said, yeah, no, you're going to have to stay there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send in some spies, and the spies are going to go into the land, and the spies come out. 
what do they say? They go, it's true. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And look at the fruit. And they literally hold up the physical rewards of what's ahead of them. Look at this. Everything that we've been, tro- been told for generations is true. But there's giants. And they begin to even more disengage from the word. They begin to look at, wow, no, we can't do that. This is bigger than us. And they begin to what the little crack in the faith wall that started with Moses gets even wider with the spies. And so the Lord says, wow, you guys were in there for 40 days. Here's the deal. You're going to wander for 40 years. But two guys get in. And for those of us who are north of 30, all right, north of 40. Okay, for those of us who are north of 50, the good news is it was the old guys that get to go in. It was Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb got to go in because they weren't distracted by the giants. They hold, held on to the prophetic promise that the Lord had given them. And they said, Lord, this is nuts. This makes no sense, but I am staying believing this promise that you have given us over and over and over again. And in the gap between your prophetic revelation and the fulfillment, I'm going to stay true to what you said. And those are the guys who are brought into fulfillment. Everybody else, laps. They're just doing laps around the desert until they all died off. And Joshua and Caleb, and we know that Joshua led the group into the promised land. I think sometimes that when there's a delay, when the hope deferred really happens with what the Lord has said to us, I think there is a temptation and there's words and there's the giants that we see in land. We go, man, this just doesn't make sense. I'm going to resolve this tension by disengaging with the word and not believing it. Because if I don't believe it, I won't be disappointed. If I don't believe it, I won't be hurt. That's normal. That's, that's just our own psyche protecting ourselves from potential hurt and damage. But the Lord says, come on, come on. I have something for you, but I need you to stay involved in the process. Don't resolve it. Stay in that tension between the, the word and the fulfillment. I want you to feel the tension because I'm doing something in you and you need to stay present and you need to stay full of faith and believing that what I've said will come true will in fact come true. So what do we do in this process? We let God grow us in the gap. We let God grow us in the gap. Because that's what the gap's for. It's for our maturity. And it's for our development. When um, we planted our church up in the Bay Area, so I took over a church, and then we, out of that, we planted one. And so uh, we planted a church maybe the first year or so, and a dear kind of mentor friend of mine pastored another church in another town in the Bay Area. And they were hilly, and there was, there was more weather there, and they got wiped out, like, Houses fell down hills, and some big donors in their 
um, big contributors were really just wiped out, just devastated. And so I knew that this church, my friend's church, that was very generous and gave literally tons, multiple tons of food, they packed in trucks on a monthly basis and drove down into Mexico and did ministry and gave away food um, among the people in prison in Mexico. It was hardcore. They were highly committed to being generous. And now they're just nothing. There's no income. They're just, and I'm driving to church, and we're about a year old, and the Lord just spoke to me, and he said, give it away. I'm like, give what away? And he said, everything from this week. I'm like, Lord, we need every penny. And again, he said, just give it away. Okay, went up to one of the elders, because you can't just do this stuff by yourself. Went up to the, one of the elders and said, look, I felt like driving in today that we're supposed to give away the whole offering and um, to this other church who's really in need. I don't know what's going to happen. And he said, well, our business, biggest expense is your salary right now. I mean, basically, we pay you. That's all we do. We're a small church plant. So if you're, if you're up for it, let's go for it. I said, okay, let's go for it. So we went up to everybody and we said, we're giving away everything to this other church be generous. God bless you. We're keeping none of today's offering. We gave it away. The next Sunday, income doubled. And I'm like, what? This is amazing. So many lessons that I was learning as the Lord was growing us in faith and in generosity. A couple years later, no kidding, same church. Another storm, they get wiped out. And he's calling me, dude, I need prayer. And he wasn't asking for money. He's just like, you know, we were friends, so we talked. He goes, we just got wiped out again. I'm ruined. And again, the Lord reminded me of his gener their generosity. And I'm driving to church, and the Lord goes, give it away. I'm like, and now I'm kind of like, okay, now this is getting codependent. Like, I'm not just going to give it away. Every time they have problems, we give it away. It's not our problem. It's their problem. You know, the kind of wrestling we do. Like, Lord, it doesn't make sense to obey you. Have you ever said that? Lord, it's not reasonable to obey you. We've all said that. So, again, it doesn't leave me. I get to church that Sunday. I go to the elders. Hey, huddle real quick. Uh, I feel like we're supposed to give away our income again. Woof. Okay, now we're bigger. Now we have more responsibilities. We got to pay for more people on staff. Charlie, you're just going to give it all away? I feel it's a, pro a prophetic word of the Lord. We have to do this. All right, bro, it's all yours. We give it away. The next week, nothing. Like, Lord, I thought you were going to double it the next week. That was our bargain. That's like our thing, right? Nope. I'm like, oh. Do you see that in the gap, he was growing us? The week after that, doubled. I'm like, yes. We can pay our bills. Thank you, Jesus. And he was growing us and maturing us as we were doing that. What we began to do was take up a building fund, which means the third Sunday of every month, we did a second offering. Hey, man, just whatever, just pray about it. There are many ways of getting a building and the Lord moving. One is through an act of faith, and the scripture talks a lot about saving. It does. It's not, it's not real fancy, but the Bible does talk about putting money away. And so he said, we're going to do that. So we're going to put money away. So the third Sunday of every month, we are a small church. We have faith that in 10 years or 15 years, or we're in, this is the Bay Area, the second most expensive real estate market in the country, and I think the third most expensive in the world. Man, we're going to buy a building. 
Come on, Jesus, let's go. And so we put money away for years, like maybe a decade. And we had a separate fund called the Building Fund, and we raised money for it. We're now going into a building project, like, like we are going to now. And I'm looking at the congregation, Lord, I know these people, they are faithful, godly people. We do not have the money to buy a building. Our lease went up where we were. Our landlord is writing us very nasty letters, say, claiming that we, he owed, we owed him money that we didn't owe him. Well, your lease is up, so now you owe me 70 extra $1,000. That's not true. Mess. It was just chaotic. It was stressful. We put together a whole other group of people to put together the building fund. They'd come from a very large church. They'd done this before. They were going to do a bond. We're going to sell bonds. Sell bonds? What are we talking about? This is crazy. Like, I don't know that our congregation can buy bonds, but okay. So we have very smart, financially sound people putting together this program for us to raise money to buy the building that we were in. Great. I'm stressed about it. Then the Lord says to me, give it away. Give what away? Like the whole offering? Okay, we've done that. I'm cool with giving away Sunday's offering. And there was this from the Lord. Crickets. Silence. You know when the Lord stops talking to you because it's obvious what the answer is? Give the building fund away? Come on, Lord. You're not asking me to do that, are you? Like, it was pushing like 100 grand, which back then was a lot of money. Lord, we're trying to buy a building for 2.3. We have 100 grand. That's not even close, but it's something. Give it away. Huddle up, the elders, everybody on the plan. Here's the deal. I felt the Lord said we had to give it away. Give what away? The entire building fund. I'm like, our seed money that we've been saving for for like 10 or 15 years. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Went ahead, went before everybody and said, hey, I know you guys have been giving to this for about 10 or 12 years or whatever it was. With this assumption, we're now going to give it away. So if you want your money back, you can have your money back because we're changing the rules. I just want to be upfront with everybody. I think maybe one person asked their money back. Everybody was like, hey, man, we're in. If this is what God's calling us to do, we're in. So we gave money away. We went to a depressed neighborhood in the Bay Area, East Palo Alto, and we went around and found churches that needed their building fixed. Hey, you guys get a new roof. You guys get a new paint job. Knock on the door. Knock, knock, knock. Hi, pastor, church up the road. Here's money. Fix your roof. And we sewed into what we needed. We took what we needed and gave it away. Now I am literally losing sleep. Like, are you kidding me? Lord, I love my people, but they cannot, we cannot afford this. We were not the wealthy, and I don't mean any disrespect, but we weren't Presbyterian. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we weren't that church. We were the church, like, of everybody who didn't fit into that church came to our church. We just don't have this, Lord. And I had this girl, whew, um, our youth pastor was a 27-year-old girl, high energy. She goes, my husband John wants to talk to you. I said, okay, great. So I have this meeting. It seems kind of formal. And John is 30. And, she, and John says, do you guys have an account for stock? 
I said, we do, because in the Bay Area, every church has an account for stock because it's not uncommon for people to gift stock their tax ramifications. Talk to your CPA. I won't get into it right now. I go, we do. Do you want it? I go, yeah. Now, at this age, in this time, I didn't know what a search engine was. But apparently, he was on the ground floor of one. And I won't mention its name, but it has two Gs two O's, and you use it every day. And he gave us 10%. 10%. He goes, Charlie, we're going to go public. I'm taking 10% of my stock and gifting it to the church. We bought a building. <laughs> but do you understand that the process of the Lord in the gap, the gap is growth. The gap is growth. That's why there is a gap. It's not to frustrate you or to discourage you or to wipe you out. It's so that you'll know him on a much deeper level as good and as holy and as righteous and as the provider and whatever it is that he's promised for you. And that's what I love that Christian doesn't resolve it for us because that's the gift the gift is that the tension creates growth that we know him better. And if we resolve it one way or the other, we miss that opportunity. Amen? Number three, there is a gap because there's spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Because there's spiritual warfare. Moses didn't lead them into their prophetic promise. Joshua did. If you know the story of the book of Joshua, it was not easy. Joshua was the warrior. They needed a warrior. Listen to me. They needed a warrior to fulfill, to walk in the promise that God gave them. And it's no different today. We need, you need to find the warrior in you to walk in the promise that God has for you because the gap is designed for us to grow up and mature as warriors, as those who fight for what God has promised us, who don't go passive, but lean into it and experience that tension. And that's what Joshua did. And there were setbacks, and there were victories, and he had to grow them up in the process. Have you ever got a prophetic word? Like, this is going to happen in your life. And the next day, the exact opposite happens. You're like, what was that? And God, why did you allow that? That is sometimes God's process, and sometimes it's the enemy trying to kick your butt because he heard it. And you know what? Don't, don't. Heal, I, I'm going to say this over and over again. Don't disengage from that process. Stay engaged in the process and learn to be a warrior. And learn to fight for it and learn to go get it. When um, uh, we started coming to the church in 2019, uh, you guys remember when George Banoff was here? Amazing, amazing time. And he did a thing for kids. We went and did that. We asked Michael if he, he said, no, I don't want, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Our kids are way too old for the kid thing that he did. So we're here Sunday. He talked. It was awesome. Worship was awesome. We go into ministry time. I'm sitting in the back in the middle there. On one side, I have my wife, Carolyn, who was a worship leader for many years. Great year. On the other side, I have Tim. Hey, Tim. Family friend and a sound man and a great sound man. Tim does sound everything for major churches throughout L.A. All I'm saying is I had two great ears next to me on either side. I'm in the back. Worship's happening. Georgian's praying for everybody. And I hear clapping, 
like all these kids behind me clapping. I'm like, that's pretty cool. We're doing a kid's thing, all the kids in their back clapping. I don't know if you guys noticed, there were no kids in the back clapping. But I hear kids clapping, like clap, clap, clap. Do you know when you visit a church and they do a song that you know, but you, they do a clap that you don't know? You ever been there? You ever been there? Like you're doing a verse and they go clap, clap, clap. They're like, whoa, I didn't know we did three claps at the end of that verse. I guess this church does that. I heard this clapping in unison to the songs that I didn't know. I'm like, that's crazy. And then there was a clap like on the downbeat, and then it was double time. It was a clap on the downbeat and the upbeat. Boom, bah, bah, bah. I'm like, whoa, okay, we're doing polka. This is crazy. And I hear this, I hear this clapping, and then it gets really loud and really fast. And you know those kids' toys with the wood, and they have like leather straps and two other pieces of wood here, and they go, yes. Now I heard a hundred of those behind me. Like, I'm like, what is going on? I literally looked around to see they must have let the kids around and in the back and given them toys. And I looked around, nothing. And I'm like, uh-oh. Then that clapping noise turned into wings. Like bird wings, like really big, big bird wings. And then crazy, a cacophony of wings and it just got louder and louder and louder and louder and then stopped. And at one point after worship, I turned to Carolyn and Tim, two of the best ears that I know, four of the best ears I know, and I said, did you hear that? And they both said, hear what? There is a spiritual realm that exists and that is real that we're not always aware of. Jesus said in Matthew 18, I am not an angelologist. I'm just putting it out there. But he does say in Matthew 18, don't cause one of these little ones to stumble for their angels see the face of God. What? what? That's why we get the idea of guardian angel. What? The kids have angels? I felt like I had this experience and with this church and so many of the kids with their angels. I was like, what was that? The spiritual world is real. There is a battle that goes on over us and for us. Daniel 10, another, I'm no expert in Daniel 10. I'm just going to give you the high level. Daniel cries out, he's praying to fast and he cries out. The Lord hears him immediately, dispatches an angel Another angel comes, called the Prince of Persia, and delays him, read, causes a gap of 21 days before then the Lord dispatches uh, the archangel Michael to come and kick his butt and then releases the word. Two things real quick about that. One, the Lord hears you even though the delay. And it changes heaven even though you don't see that, even though there's a delay, the Lord hears you very, very clear. Second of all, sometimes I don't know when. I don't remember. We, maturity is when we get to those three words. I don't know. I don't know when there is a warfare over our prophetic words spoken to us in our life, but I do know it's there. I do know it happens. That's why being in a prophetic community is so key, where we can get together with people and lean into that and say, will you pray with me about this? Because two or more gathered, releases something 
in your word, in your destiny, what God wants to do with you because there is a warfare and a battle over it. Where did my glasses go? Anybody see my glasses? Are they in my pocket? They're in my pocket. I put them in my pocket without even realizing. Thanks, Suzanne. That's why it's so important. Again, Paul talking to Timothy. Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, listen to this, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies made about you. Paul talking to Timothy. Timothy, you have prophecies about you that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Even Paul is saying to Timothy, you're going to have to fight for some of these prophecies and recalling the prophetic words over you is in fact an act of warfare. By agreeing, saying, yes, I agree with those things said that I believe are from the Lord and I'm going to lean into those, that itself is an act of warfare. But here's what I feel like the Lord wants to do today. That's it, I'm done. When I was praying about this, the one thing that kept coming up again and again was renewal and refreshment. Renewal and refreshment for the gap. Some of you disengaged and you just gave up. Peter, I know I'm giving you a lot of scriptures. Peter's second sermon ever in Acts chapter 3, Peter says, repent and times of refreshing will come. And for those of you who've disengaged with something spoken over you that you knew was the Lord and you just gave up that, that God has something powerful for you, it's not repent like God wagging his finger at you and you need to give up some terrible life or anything. He's just saying, turn around, turn around, re-engage with my promises for you. And today I want to give you refreshment, not judgment, not condemnation, not wag my finger at you. I know why you disengaged. I know why you gave up. So my solution has come with refreshing. My solution is to bring renewal to you. And others of you, you've stayed engaged. But man, it's tiring. In the same way, you're like, Lord, I have not given up. But I could use a breakthrough. Because I'm about to give up. And if it wasn't for my friends and family, I would have given up. And again, I feel like the Lord was saying to me, the one thing I got so clear before today was timing the gap, refreshment and renewal for the gap. As the Israelites were wandering through the desert in, between, in their own gap, trying to go from the promise to the fulfillment, the Lord brought them to this place called Mara, water. It was bitter, which Mara means bitterness, like Mary means bitterness, which is really interesting. Anyway, threw water in the water. The water becomes sweet water. It was good water to drink. But after that, the, the, the next stop was Elam, E-L-I-M. And, and Elam, it said it had um, uh, palm trees and, and streams or rivers, I forget. And that was simply there as a place of refreshment. That was the whole point. And I felt like the Lord wants to bring an Elam. For those in the journey, a time of refreshment. 
in a time of renewal, in a time of restoking for you spiritually today. That you're able to live in the tension and not resolve it and to say, that's okay. That's okay. I, I believe for what God has for me, but until then, I'm okay. I'm going to stay there and I'm okay because I'm refreshed and I'm renewed in the journey. So Lord, let it come. Let the waters of refreshment over the thirsty souls come, Lord. For those of you who have given up, that's okay. He gets it. But he wants to come alongside you in a really unique way and bring tenderness and bring his spirit of refreshment and bring comfort and to bring healing to your broken soul. Where Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's not that the fulfillment is deferred that makes the heart sick. We all have fulfillment that's deferred. It's when hope is deferred. It's when you give up from hope that your heart becomes sick. And so the Lord's bringing healing now in Jesus' name. That hope would be restored in Jesus' name. And for those of you who are just tired and weary and beaten down, but you are standing firm, refreshment now in Jesus' name. I just release healing now in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit would come upon you now in Jesus' name with a lightness and a freshness and a breakthrough now in Jesus' name. That restoration would come, that renewal would come now in Jesus' name. He is your Lord and he is your maker. He is your husband. And he cares for you and he provides for you. And I just release that over you in Jesus' name. Let it come, Lord. Let it come. Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And the glory of God appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. For those of you looking for provision, the wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the rich of the nations will come. To those of you who are believing for your children, your children will come from afar with their silver and their gold to honor, to the honor of the Lord your God. Your children are going to come back and honor the Lord in Jesus' name. To this church, the glory of Lebanon will come to you, the juniper, the fir, and the cypress together to adorn my sanctuary. I will glorify the place for my feet. So, Lord, we pray, let it come. Isaiah 60 ends with this. In his timing, it will come quickly. In his timing, it will come quickly. It will be like all of a sudden, there it is. 
There it is. That's how Isaiah 60 ends. In his timing, it'll come quickly. So Lord, I pray for breakthrough, and I pray for suddenlies. I pray for many suddenlies that would happen now in Jesus' name. The breakthrough would happen now in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you're like, man, I just, I just need that refreshment. I need that renewal specifically over words, specifically over what God's going to do with me. I'm going to just ask you to take a bold step and stand up so we can pray for you. Will you just go ahead and stand right now? We just stand as an act of warfare right now in Jesus' name. We stand as an act of warfare. We just declare that God is good, and I will stand on the promises of God. I will stand on the words that God has given me. Even though they tarry and they delay, I will stand on what he said. And we bless you now with the renewal of the soul, with the renewal of the soul. The Lord come, the Holy Spirit come upon you now in Jesus' name. Bring refreshment, bring, bring um, release now. I just break the discouragement in Jesus' name. I just break the heaviness now in Jesus' name. Lord, as we turn back, bring refreshment now in Jesus' name. Bring restoration, renew them, Lord. The, the things you've done in the past, Lord, renew them now in Jesus' name. Let it come, Lord. Let it come, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, if you didn't stand or you just feel released and you're on the prayer team or what do we have? Prayer teams? Come forward. Come stand next to me if you can. If you feel like, yeah, I have something to give right now, come, and, come up here. I just bless you. There's some of you here today who knew, you knew that you had a gift of faith. And I bless that in Jesus' name. I release the gift of faith over you in Jesus' name. I release that you would trust God for great things and miraculous things and that it would be released in Jesus' name. That you heard me tell a story about giving it all away and getting a building in return. You said, Lord, that's me. That's me. And I bless you with that in Jesus' name. I bless you with those miracles and those things and those to see the Lord come through in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. During worship, um, totally at the same time, like Tiffany had been talking about the presence of the Lord, and there was a sense of holiness. And I, ah, oh, I felt that so strong. I had a picture of just the presence of the Lord. Like Jesus, just, ah, oh, so full of love, just walked into this room literally. And he just started putting his hand on people's heads all in this room. And I had such a picture of the holy. I just wanted to fall on my face. And um, and what it was is, he was touching people. They were getting refreshed. And we know that what we all really need, all the time, but especially were those of us. And I'm one of them dealing with this gap thing. And it just gets so discouraging. Is just a touch of the Lord. His hand just comes in. It's just undescribable filling you again with his love for you that you get so refreshed in the depths of your soul that all of the frustration just falls away and i feel like that's what the lord wants to really impart today so if you want prayer for that and just someone just to come 
and just stand in that gap with you and bless you in that. Come on up. There's lots of people here to just pray for you or grab the person next to you that you came with. And just, uh, I just want to specifically impart that. So, Lord, I just, I bless that also with each and every one of us here today, that you would impart the touch. Just, just touch us and just fill us again with your refreshment of your presence. It's that abundant life that's so in you that nothing else matters. So I just bless you all with that right now. So come on up and get prayer, too.